Master, I'm Cosmo, the first head. I'm Dane, the challenge head. It always makes sense kind of in a little bit, people. So just, you know, let them cook. <laughs> Two-Headed Game Master is a podcast about writing, designing, running, and playing role-playing games where we discuss our favorite hobby, share our thoughts with you, and even play some games sometimes. Uh, hopefully, y'all caught the Halloween special recently, and that was a good time. Uh, and now we're back with some more of our usual tips and tricks. Yeah, so programming but it's a tips and tricks uh, what are we talking about today uh just kidding i know what we're talking about it's uh tips and tricks getting your characters out there out there in like a you know socially outgoing way yes and, uh, yeah you know how to like, get you, your, you gotta get out there man you know your players to engage with each other not just engage with the game master and like you know and engage with themselves. And engage with themselves. There's a lot of in- introspection mm-hmm. involved with uh, players engaging with their own characters. Nailed it. All right. Uh, so we're going to talk, we're going to start talking about um, the spectrum of story and gameplay. Mm-hmm. Right? On one side, you got story, on the other side, you got gameplay. Yeah. Um, so then we're going to, so we're going to talk about the story side. We're going to talk about the gameplay side. Then we're going to do a fourth wall challenge. Challenge head is going to give you a challenge. Mm. Yep. I so. told y'all it would make sense in a in a little <laughs> bit. Uh, then we're also going to talk about Darkest Dungeon. Yes. You know, we like the, there's a few pieces of media like Avatar and Darkest Dungeon that we just really love and in the context of this hobby so you know every once in a while we're gonna pull we're gonna pull something dope uh, a lesson if you will from mm-hmm. a piece of media that does it really good uh then we're going to talk about game master prompts in relation to you know engaging with characters mm-hmm. uh and then we're just gonna you know disclaimer you know results mm-hmm. may vary because they they, they're gonna they're gonna vary all right, so the spectrum we're talking about. Yeah. Lots of spectrums out there. Mm-hmm. All Today, kinds. we're talking about story versus gameplay. Yeah, there's other kinds. And we just made this up for this. This isn't like... Yeah, well, we started with like, oh, it's a Venn diagram. But yeah. then, like, it's not actually a Venn diagram. Yeah, there, right? are, like, there are things that are firmly just, I don't know, like, separate and... Well, because it doesn't, like, there isn't the like only middle piece yeah. right where it's like it's both of the things the, at the there same aren't time. things that are always that it, and... it leans one way or the other mm-hmm. it's not like oh there's only story both and only gameplay it kind of like you know it's a it's a slider scale yeah um and yeah the rigidity of a of a venn diagram doesn't really describe this so what are we describing so uh, recently, we had a conversation with or some, listeners. Yeah, were um, so listeners were curious about the idea of bringing more greater emotional depth into role playing games. Conversation about that kind of uh, being missing from a lot of the pen and paper experience, and you know, like how. 
like if that's the thing that's missing, that's the X factor that will like really take your game over the top is if you could somehow uh, have a enriching story. Yeah, have like a, you know, have have emotional investment in your characters and Right, and yeah, we, we get it, right? You know, the greater immersion aspect of, like, being invested in whether your character lives, dies, succeeds, or fails, mm-hmm. right? You know, that's just so we talk, Yeah, we talked about it a lot. Uh, we didn't really come to any good conclusions during that conversation, but we thought about it since, and even though we don't have any, I would say, you know, uh, solid conclusions still about what the right no, way is. Like yeah, it's, it's not, not, it's not the good it's not or good or bad. Yeah, the right or, way to play yeah. or a thing that you're necessarily missing, but it is a thing that you could maybe try to add some of. Yeah, and you know maybe it's good for you, maybe it's not. Uh, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. We're gonna get to that part later. Right. So like the story side of this spectrum sliding scale. Right, that's where you're like your novels, your pieces of fiction live, and well, nonfiction as well. But like all story, right? Mm-hmm. Like the narrator, whether it's first person or third person, whatever, tells a story about these characters. Right, it's extremely important to have complex characters and like depth in a story, like a novel is not a good novel if there's no, like, you know, attachment. Right. There's... Uh, like, there's something missing if all... If all a novel has is just, you know, action. Or just description. Whatever. Like, generally speaking, a novel lives and dies on its characters and what gets you invested in them. Right. And generally, that is an emotional component. Like I, mean, I can't really think of an example where it's not. Yeah. You know, I can think of an example where it totally is. Like Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck were people still watching it when yeah. it turned to shit? Oh, I'm just so invested yeah. in the characters. Because you I want to see like, what you happens. You have emotional to Arya. investment in at least some of them. Yeah. And you want to find out what happens. It's very important to have that in I don't know. Like how would you differentiate Non-interactive media, Ver- yeah. like uh, yeah, like yeah. novels and shows sure, versus sure, games. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, in a non-interactive piece of media, that like that's what drives the whole thing. Yeah, having having an emotional attachment, having some way to connect, feelings wise, that's a huge aspect of of it having any impact and of you caring about it. And you know, sometimes. The premise, like cool world building or a magic-y gimmick or whatever. So, you know, sometimes that gets you in. Mm-hmm. But, like, if that's all Avatar The Last Airbender was, was, like, a neat martial arts magic system, it wouldn't have gone very far. And it wouldn't be as well-loved and, you know, talked about it. Yeah, right? it wouldn't be the thing that it is right now. So, so it's, you know, very character-driven. Yeah. The other side... The gameplay side. Gameplay. So, and this is where now we're talking about the spectrum. There's the other side of it. Interactive media. First of all, it's it's harder to do this. It's harder to um, you know to give really strong emotional connection to create really strong emotional connections in a piece of interactive media while letting the player have 
you know, as much agency as you want to give them. And there are examples of, I, I guess, there are exceptions to this, like the Mass Effect series or, you know, sure. like uh, the well, Witcher RPG. Those, I, would say, I, I would say those aren't exceptions. Those just hit the perfect, mm-hmm. you know, point on the spectrum. Right. Right. Like, pure gameplay is like your action heroes, your silent protagonist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, well, when Halo first came out, it was like, all right, this is cool. I'm just going to blast some aliens. Yeah. And then, you know, they developed the world and, you know, all yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But uh, at first, it was all about gameplay. It was all like right. first person And shooter. that's what brought you in what is how fuck? you interacted this is with it. so cool. It was, yeah, it was groundbreaking gameplay. And, you know, there was storytelling. And it was emotionally evocative at some points. Like, you know, when you first land on the ring and you see this, you know, environment. And suddenly you're in this environment. That was... Uh, you know, that was a little piece of magic mm-hmm. that definitely was emotionally uh, powerful, I would say, but um, not really in the context of characters, which is what, you yeah. know, we're trying and, to drive I mean, at here. You know, also uh, way on this side are like your, your um, arcade games, mm-hmm. like Candy Crush. Where is the story in that? It's very weak. Like, yeah. I... One you don't I've even. Never candy I mean, crush. but you don't. But there's no character. Yeah. I mean, there's you know, there's flavor to the world. There's art and whatever. But like, you're not playing a guy. Right. You're not taking on the role of anybody else. You are just interacting with a gameplay system. Yeah. You're doing a fun little puzzle. Yeah. Right. And you don't need emotional attachment to do the next puzzle. You're just like, yeah, I want more dopamine. Yeah. Give it's me. it's stimulating a different part of your brain. Um, you know, dare I say, a less emotional part of your brain, a more logical yeah or even animal to you know because like it's just about success yeah right um so right, so that's it that's what we're working with yeah here the two the, sides you know, of that the spectrum right because like to and like tabletop rpgs can be anywhere on there mm-hmm. right like um or just rpgs in general not necessarily specifically tabletop right like you got your mass effects right which are probably closer to the middle but then like you got your telltale games which Mm -hmm. are probably closer to the story side yeah more like a you know more like watching a movie than playing a video game but then you do have a little bit of agency Mm -hmm. as far as like what you would like to see happen but then you don't know what it's going to lead to and that's the you know that's the excitement that pulls Mm -hmm. you along right so that's what we're working with here um so getting your characters out there you gotta you gotta start hitting more on the story side of things, mm-hmm. right? So we came up with a little challenge, right, to kick kickstart your yeah. emotional attachments, if you will. And this is what we're talking about now. So we're shifting gears. We kind of explained the spectrum of you know the two things: the emotional mm-hmm. story side, and then actually interacting with something, the gameplay right. side. Now we are. The, Talking the, about how the rest to, of this, how to move yeah. that needle over now, to the story side. We're in the tips and tricks. How to take your, you know, pure gameplay experience and bring it, you know, over into that emotional um, character connection space. So yeah, you want to explain the yeah I mean, fourth I am, wall challenge? I am the challenge head. So we call it the fourth wall challenge. Right. So this is a challenge for the game master and players. To go an entire session 
without breaking the fourth wall. Pretty challenging. Mm-hmm. Really challenging. Now, not just because people get distracted, people get off task. You know, people talk, they're like, oh, did you hear about this thing? Like in between turns or game masters setting something up and, you know, they just like pass me the chips or whatever. Can I have another beer? Shit. Not just because of that, but, you know, but it's something like if you tried to people, stay in yeah. character and like mm-hmm. limit yourself to that, that's it takes tough. it takes like uh, like effort because like you know the the default is oh I you know I live in reality these characters are fiction so my character does this that's mm-hmm. just like that's just reflex right so instead of doing that you know all actions have to be in first person yeah right it's part of the challenge challenge your players my character does this it's yeah. I do this. Yeah. You are... I attack. Yeah. You're speaking as them. You're narrating their actions and only speaking as them. That's the next part. All dialogue in character. You want to talk to your fellow players? You don't have to do a voice, but you got to, you know, try to talk like your character would talk. And a quick little aside. We have talked about this before, and other people have talked about it on the internet. Doing a funny voice is not necessary to like role play good or embody your character if you got one and you want to stick with it great fuck yeah everyone loves it um it feels great to pull one off but it you don't have to do that you can just talk with your normal voice just talk as the character that's right yeah and like you know you can you can be like in a in a great scottish accent Mm -hmm. i say this Right. right. And then there you go. <laughs> Boom. Accent made. <laughs> um, I mean, that is kind of ridiculous, but I do that for a bit. Anyways, so, mm-hmm. an- so like, one of the other huge challenges, like, why it's so difficult to do this challenge is interacting with the GM. Yeah. Right? Like, asking a question of the GM becomes a lot more difficult when you have to do it in character. Um, so, like... Start with your I statements. Like, you know, I wonder to myself about if there's a trap in this room yeah, or something like that. Or, like, I look for traps. Or, you know, if you want to, like, I guess, you know, ask about, like, something that happened in a previous session. You'd be like, you know, I'm trying to remember what's, what happened when we talked to that old wizard. Yeah. Right? And that's, like, you know. Just being like, hey, uh, I forgot what that old wizard told us. Right? And that's all you're saying. Mm. You're you're telling your game master, I forgot what the old wizard said, but I think my character would know. Can you remind me? Mm. And that's why, another reason why this is a challenge and not just like an easy, fun thing to do is a challenge is because it also, it like it cuts the other way and is hard for the game master. If Dane is my player and that is how he is asking me for in-game information i need to be on that Mm -hmm. i need to be you know tracking what he's saying and when he says like "Mm, i wonder oh i'm trying to remember what that old wizard says said about this like you as a game master you need to be on top of that so that you can say after a minute it comes back to you this is what he said Mm -hmm. and then you can you know rattle that off or you know pass a note 
that reminds them, whatever. But since they're not going to be coming at you and saying, hang on, what did that, what was the words that the wizard used last time we talked to him? You know, that's part of the challenge. The game master has to be also 100% in on this challenge so that they can respond in the mode that you've asked your players to stick to. Yeah. And like, you know, if you, if you're like, Oh, I'm going to do this challenge. And then immediately like 10 minutes into the session, like, Oh, we failed. Eh, don't worry about it. You'll get it next time. If you yeah. try it again. Right. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you'll do better next time. You maybe not just, you know, succeed on your second try, but it's just to illustrate how hard it is to bring that emotional impact Right, because mm-hmm. so it's so reflexive to think of your characters as like a separate entity mm-hmm. and like, yeah, we're just here to kill some goblins. Right. right. Which is why, like, you know, this is not the best way to play or like, you know, the true way to play. It's just a way. Yeah. It's a it's a thing you could try and, you know, branch into. It's a it's a bit of enrichment you could try to add. And that's, again, the point. It's not a bullet under at the end of each one of these tips. But, you know, I'm just going to say it and reiterate it. The point of this is to try and, like, live a little bit more truly in your character's shoes and mind so that if deeper emotional investment is the thing mm-hmm. you're after, you get a little bit closer to them, and everybody else does, too. And then if it's there, you might find it. But... right. Because, like, it is, it's very hard to get, like, camaraderie with your, with your fellow players if, like, all the internal dialogue of that character is, like, in your own mind, right? Because it's not a novel where, like, the reader can hear everybody's thoughts, right? It's, I can hear my character's thoughts, but, like, my other player cannot. So, of course, their character is not going to have any emotional attachment to my character because, mm-hmm. like, we're not actually, you know, there talking and being like, hey, could you pass the salt? Right. Right? You know, you don't get those little moments because, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a simulation. Yeah. So and like, an imperfect one. You don't simulate all the little bits of, like, you know, building camaraderie and emotional attachment that, right. like, you know... Because those things, those things happen, generally speaking, in downtime. Just like as yeah. as as people, I was going to say characters, but we're talking about you know real people. Mm-hmm. How this happens in real life is just like when people spend time together. And no matter how much fun a py- uh, party is in real life, it doesn't make for terrific gameplay. Yeah. So usually stuff like that, or like travel, or just like you know, mm-hmm. uh, a night at the campfire is what we're going to talk about next oftentimes you just kind of narrate past that part yeah. you're like the rest of the night passes without incident uh it's daytime you resume your journey and now we're back in gameplay and even even like the little moments that that uh, are not you know like the the traveling or the campfire moments but like the the reactions to hearing a piece of information mm-hmm. like an np says or npc says Hey, the the character you were trying to save is dead. Use, you know, this is part of the fourth wall challenge would be to be like, "Oh, 
a sadness comes over my character's face. Right. Or if you're out of character, you can be like, ah, damn it. Yeah. Like, ah, we failed. Objective failed, or like, well, we got to figure out. So, what's the next way to proceed? Like, mm. you're going to be thinking about it as a game. Right. But, like, as in character, like, your character is going to have a re- reaction, facial expression, you know, words. You know, maybe it's just like, doesn't phase me, I'm impassive. But I do think to myself, man, that's a bummer. We're not going to get paid. Yeah. You know, what that says to the other players is, okay, so this guy is pretty about money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they can file that away. Or he's, yeah. you know, putting up a front. Yeah. And, like, he doesn't want us to think, like, you know. Or maybe, yeah, that's and what that, it is. That would be a better way to form emotional attachment. It's like, my face is, you know, stoic. Yeah. And it seems like I doesn't care. But I know later I'm going to cry into my pillow about it. Mm-hmm. So then your fellow characters... Well, your fellow players know, and, like, your characters can act upon that information and be like, yeah, he looks like he doesn't care, but I know he does because we've been traveling together for months. And I gotta, you know, we're starting to get to know each other. Nobody could be, you know, completely unaffected emotionally by something so terrible. And then, you know, greater emotional attachment forms between these characters or if they were people in real life, whatever. That's And that's what you're driving towards right. as a... so i mean the question becomes how do you um add those little moments of um camaraderie basically right yeah. so like darkest dungeon darkest dungeon has a mechanic um in a dungeon you yeah. can pop a campfire mm-hmm. take a rest and yeah so when you when you pop a camp in darkest dungeon it's an opportunity to heal to reduce stress to um you know manage your gear manage your uh your equipped actions stuff like that your moves and it's a very it's a very like nitty-gritty gameplay moment but in um how those things come to pass right like you don't just say oh i heal it's one of your characters does an action. Like, yeah. you know, sometimes it's singing a song. Mm-hmm. And then that does heal. Right. There's a character who comes with a dog. The dog can, like, provide comfort to another character to reduce stress because they've been in a scary dungeon. Mm-hmm. And it, it takes a lot of, like, nitty-gritty uh, party management mechanics and button pushes and, and you know, like, stat manipulation and puts narrative flavor on top of all of it. And so this is another of our tips and tricks is like to do the darkest dungeon camp sort of situation. Right. And it's, a, it's a way to take advantage of the rests and pauses to really push players into uh, intra-character um, interaction. The things that you would otherwise... Inter-character. Um, Whatever. The things that you would otherwise narrate past pretty quickly. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you know... We take turns keeping watch. Does anything bad happen? No? Okay. Benefits of a long rest resume the game. Right? Like, you know, my favorite in that instance is to be like, okay, so you finish your watch. Who do you wake up and how do you do it? Mm-hmm. Right? Because, like, That's then, a good it gives, one. then it gives the char- you know the player a little time to play with their character. Like, are they, like, the type of character that, like, you know, shakes you awake gently and be like, hi... Wakey, wakey, time for your watch. Or do they just, like, kick them and be like, your watch. Hey, you got fire watch. And anyone who's ever stood a watch in real life (laughs) knows that that's, like, that is a fraught emotional moment when 
you have to take someone else's sleep away or when someone comes mm-hmm. to fucking wake you up. It's, you know, you don't want to. You might know you have to. You might you might even be a pretty good sport about it. You know, most people aren't tremendous yeah. dicks. And, and it, it also, you know, depends person by person. Like, when I'm woken up for a watch, I like to be woken up a little rough. Like, not like the gentle shaky-shaky because then I just brush it off. But, like, you know... Give me a poke, shine a light in my face, and be like, get up. It's, it's time to get up. Be told. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe your character yeah. responds to it differently, responds negatively to that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe your character is a like is a real dick about it. It takes, like, 15 minutes to get up and get dressed. <laughs> and then it's like, hey, man, that's 15 minutes. I, I woke you up 15 minutes ago. That's 15 minutes of my yeah. sleep that you stole from me. Right? Yeah, then, boom, then you have some back and forth. Yeah. Right? Um, so anyways, uh, so that's one way to do it. But like, you know, camp actions are another way to do it. So like, okay, you guys make camp. Um, everybody go around and tell me how they contribute to the camp. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, the Avatar does this several times. Mm-hmm. With um, the, yeah, Team Avatar is, because mm-hmm. they're camping all the time. They're traveling and camping. And they have these moments of downtime where, you know, they either are getting along good and, you know, stuff is working out and they're talking about something or where there's, like, friction and people aren't pulling their weight or people think that, like, nah, they shouldn't have to participate in that or whatever. And because Avatar is the best that's ever done it, like, there's a reason why those moments aren't skipped. Yeah. Right? They spend time, like, you know... The big one is like when Toth first joins the group. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why like they don't just camp and move on, right? Like Toth isn't the, used to being part of a group. Yeah, and there's a whole episode about how the group dynamics are affected by a new member, and then also an external threat, and that's you know drama. That's the story thing, mm-hmm. or that's that's sort of like the gameplay. There's right. going to be some sort of objective or challenge. Right. A little whatever. little mini game, if yeah. you will, right? So, like, you know, don't just, like, brush on, okay, you guys make camp and rest, okay. But, like, you know, be like, okay, everybody has to say an action, right? Whether it's, like, I gather firewood or I sing a song mm-hmm. or, you know, I, I don't know, try, like, a little, like, a poker game or something like that. This is also, um, you can support this with gameplay, like, elements and mechanics. I think this is a great place for a lot of stuff. Uh, specifically, I'm thinking about Dungeons & Dragons, where, like, you know, you um, your character can start as part, of their, uh, as part of their background. You get, like, you know, brewer's tools or, like, artisan tools or, or whatever. deck of cards. Yeah, or, deck of cards. You know, uh, dice or something like a that. A musical right? instrument, which has some other gameplay mechanics with, mm-hmm. like, the whole bard class. But also, just, like, you have these things in your inventory. And a lot of times, you know, there's not a reason to use them, especially if the gameplay doesn't focus on the time that you spend the downtime. The downtime. And we might be misusing the word downtime a little bit. In the in the role-playing space, kind of refers to what happens between sessions. Uh, but that's a whole other thing. Well, that, like, mean, managing your stronghold really, and shit. But... That's really where, like, when I 
think of Dungeons and Dragons. That's where you use your, you know, brewer's tools mm-hmm. and your alchemy kit or yep. your, you know, uh, blacksmithing mm-hmm. shit. Is like, yeah, while we were in town from, you know, last session we finished our, our mission and then we're going to pick up a new mission in the weeks that were days in between those, like, I spent some time at the forge and I studied my armor. Yeah. And then, like, you know, there's all these rules about that shit. Yeah. About, yeah, how much it costs and how long it takes and shit, but it's, yeah. So... But this is a way to bring it more into the the forefront of gameplay is, you know, make these... Have these little mini-games and, like, you don't have to come up with these as game masters, but just an opportunity for your players to have some yeah. character-to-character interaction. And have them answer you're like oh i just camp well but what do you camp like how mm. what do you do and it and it doesn't have to be a camp right like it could be in a tavern mm-hmm. uh or like in a vehicle on like you know road trip country, yeah road, road trip, trip stuff. travel time road trip is great for that because like only one person is really you know active driving the cart or driving the car or whatever mm-hmm. everyone else is just there and yeah. You know, anyone who's ever been on a road trip, that's probably a little more universal than standing a fire watch. Uh, yeah. You've all been on a road trip probably before, even if it was just, you know, four or five hours. doesn't have to be cross-country. you got to do something with that time. Mm-hmm. Or even just, like, it's it's uh, on foot. Like, yeah. you're hiking several miles that day. And instead of rolling for a wolf for a troll to attack mm-hmm. them, just, like, what do you talk about? Right. What do you do to pass the time on right. the trail? You ask you ask ridiculous questions and like, yeah, you know, play like the animal guessing game or mm-hmm. something. Play some I Spy, friggin' <laughs> something, right? Because it's boring. Yeah, like just it's, and it so often just gets brushed past. But like these are prime moments to tilt that needle a little bit towards the story side and start really emotionally attaching yeah um what's so, the next tip well, here uh how the game master can prompt this okay right? so like you know doing a camp and not moving on until everybody like does a camp action right just like oh yeah there's a potential ambush but first everybody's got to do a camp action yeah Right, so that's that's the type like, of game I might still problem. throw an ambush at you. Mm-hmm. I might have an encounter planned. Like this night is not going to go smoothly, but right. But first, I'm not going to throw that at you, right? Because you're the game master. You don't have to do mm-hmm. what the dice say. That's the whole yeah. <laughs> you got like that's the privilege. <laughs> um, right. So that's that's a way a game master can prompt stuff, right? But there's also some other reasons, right? Yeah. Or other ways to prompt. Yeah, and that's the next tip that we're going to talk about. Uh, so. I mean, just basically continue to prompt. As the game master, yeah. continue to prompt for this. And the whole thing, all of this has been game master prompting to a degree. The fourth wall challenge yeah. is a big prompt. But, you know, some other... Maybe you don't want to go in swinging with the fourth wall challenge for a whole session. Right. Just there's some other, ask some questions, there's some, maybe. There's some other moments that you probably are passing by as a role-playing group that can be used for emotional depth and uh, expression, right? Like, for example, reason behind non-combat actions, Yeah. right? Like, 
oh, you you go to buy a sword. Why a sword? Mm-hmm. Like right? your character started with a sword, but you know maybe you're a fighter and you didn't have to pick a sword. Why, why sword? That's a good question. That's a terrific question. Right? And it doesn't it doesn't fucking matter what the reasoning is, right? Because yeah. it's all made up. There's no yeah. wrong answer. But if then when you're answering, then sudden then you're answering. Mm-hmm. And the only bad answer to this, I think, is just that, like, you know, me as a player, I think swords are cool. Yeah. Well, okay. Why is your character? But, but does that extend to your character? Does he also think swords are cool? Yeah. And then you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think maybe he does. Right. Yeah. But, and like, he feels the way I do about swords. Mm-hmm. Even we like the swords. Answer of just like I don't know, it, like I picked up the sword, and you're like, okay, um, like, did that start like oh your like village got attacked and like there was a sword lying on the ground and then boom yeah. now you're a sword how did you pick up your first sword right um and it doesn't have to like you really like if your player isn't uh like respond not necessarily responsive but if don't like st- call a halt to everything and like really drill down on it and be like no no no, no. you got to give me a reason you have to you have yeah. to you have to don't just do that. let it's, it pass. It's a little exercise, right? Like, you know, give them the opportunity. If they take it, great. If they don't take it, move on. Yeah. But even if it's just, you know, like, oh, you know, I smoke a pipe while we're in tavern time, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, my character has a pipe. Why do they smoke a pipe? Well, he's addicted to nicotine. That's okay. That's an answer. Yeah. Like, that's an aspect of your character that maybe you hadn't even thought of until you said that answer. He's He's into it, you know? He likes to be smoking something. He has mm-hmm. he has nicotine, right? But that then that even just that simple answer, it brings up a lot of questions that maybe another player will ask eventually and be like, "Well, why a pipe? Why not cigarettes? Uh, how did you get started? Does your pipe mean anything to you, mm-hmm. um, etc.?" Right? Because you know it's all it's all about practice. Yeah, just you know yeah. flexing these muscles makes them stronger. Practicing the act of you know, thinking about the reason behind something and then, you know, taking that from just like, oh, I think it's cool. I want my character to be this way to what does my character think and feel about this idea? Um, and then this this might seem obvious, but I want to circle back. There's a reason why it's like non-combat mm, actions. Yeah. Don't ask them this, you know, when they <laughs> like hit the troll yeah. with their sword. Don't ask them how they feel about their sword when they're hitting a troll with it. Right. Talk about that later, because the last fucking thing you want to do, especially in a more traditional thing like D&D, is slow combat down even further. <laughs> yes. Because, uh, like, yeah, you don't ask, oh, why are you taking cover? Because I don't want to get hit. Duh. Mm-hmm. Like, duh. And that's that's not interesting. That's not emotional. That doesn't mm-hmm. really speak to character. That is just, you know, that's action. Right now, if there's something interesting happened in combat, like um, they one player saved uh, a wounded, you know, attacker, like you know, say bandits attack, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you the players wound a bandit, and instead of killing it, they're like, "All right, you know, our stabilize your wound." Yeah, that's interesting. Bring that up after combat. Yeah outside of it just yeah, yeah. do let combat do, in yeah let combat be combat and then you know prompt this stuff because in not just D, but in basically every 
pen and paper system. The, the confrontational parts are the parts where the mechanics are the most nitty-gritty and where time slows down. And you just, you know, you don't want to bog it down even further by, you know, asking each other how you feel. Mm-hmm. That's, that's for later. Yeah. Um, so if you're... So if your players aren't really biting on the the like, oh, tell me the reason behind, you know, this action, or like, you know, tell me the reason behind it. Um, show them a different way. Do show it yourself. Them, yeah, show them, right? You know, lead by example kind of deal, right? So instead of just like getting out the NPCs like dialogue and like you know doing that shit, takes take some moments to to like, oh. Well, you can tell by the way he, like, shifts around that, you know, this guard doesn't really believe you guys, but doesn't want to cause any problems. Yeah. And so, you know, you're doing a couple things there. You're communicating that, like, eh, fool this guy, but they're, they're, they're going to be able to keep going. Yeah. Um, and that he is thinking about, like, he is thinking through his decisions that way because you narrated it. Mm. And then it might be like, the the point of that is to like, you know, start, kick the pebble, you know, that starts the rock slide yeah. for your players. You see other, you see the NPCs acting this way. You narrate your NPCs as a game master. Uh, you know, like, uh, you can tell that like, they don't like the look of your party. Mm. You know, you look like a bunch of scruffy ruffians, but he's not in a position to turn down help because he's in trouble, you know, like uh, his right. wagon broke or And so, whatever. like, that that puts the bait on the hook of being like, you know, this person is in a bad spot, so you should care about them. Mm-hmm. Right? They're making decisions based on the situation that they're in. Mm-hmm. And they have feelings about it. Hey, guess what? You're doing the same thing. Right. You so know, probably not just kill them. You're making situational-based decisions yeah. as a player you're playing a character who is making decisions based on the situation that they're in and how they feel about it and then yeah just like get that momentum going and hopefully start to think a little bit more emotionally connected with your characters and then connect more mm-hmm. with the other characters in your party right yeah that pebble kick that pebble so, so there's some tips um Let's talk about results. Yeah, let's talk about results. Uh, we said at the top, <laughs> results may vary. Yeah. Um, I I feel like we came up with some good stuff, but definitely at first we were like, well, you know, why? Like we asked ourselves that question, and at first, like there there was a version of us that wasn't going to write this episode at all. Yeah. But. Um. I don't know, like. But it might be really helpful. Like maybe that is just like what is missing from your game. Mm-hmm. You're you might you know be like, man, role playing is kind of fun, but like, ah, I'm just kind of tired of like the the rolling dice grind. Like, where's the emotion? Yeah, where is the storytelling? And there is definitely you know like the greater community trend for the last. I don't know, 15 years. Like it's it's been away from like nitty-gritty dungeons. Mm-hmm. Dungeon crawling paper. and yeah, graph paper tactical combat. 
the trend has been away from that while still having that because it's cool to you know swing a sword and fight monsters mm-hmm. obviously you still like want that that's why you know a third of the D literature is monsters mm-hmm. you still want to get in fights but the the structure of campaigns has shifted you know towards towards a much greater focus on narrative yeah and you might remember from our episode about uh, like adjusting your rpg expectations uh we were kind of poo-pooing right like oh the professionals like they're good enough to like have their own tv show right so that's way on the story side of things Mm -hmm. And, like, that's just not realistic because they're all professionals. They get paid to do it. They're Mm -hmm. also, you know, professional actors or voice actors or, you know, whatever, comedians. So it's always always going to be pretty good, Mm -hmm. right? But this – I wouldn't say this this episode flies in the face of that. I think it's just, like, if you – You could still strive. If your expectations are critical role. Yeah. This is – might be how some tips to move that needle. Yeah, to to shift your experience towards something closer to that. Now, none of this, none of this is like gonna help you get a show. This no, this no. is not gonna like give you money and free time and production. No, because if we knew how to do that, we'd be yeah, doing it ourselves. Like ours, our shit would be a lot better, and I wouldn't have to go to work. Yeah. Um. So, like you know, players, game master, your group might like respond positively to you trying to do this you bring them the fourth wall challenge and they might be like we're Fuck in yeah that's the way i like playing you suddenly, suddenly bitch, yeah we're in we're in and they might not want to play any other way after yeah. that but also the opposite could go the other way you know you might come to your players with one of these you know like improvisational challenges that is meant to steer towards emotion and they might just get uncomfortable and clam up because mm-hmm. the reason they enjoy this game might be might have nothing to do with that the idea of greater emotional connection or the like spotlight of role playing or sorry of improving yeah something like that uh that might just be like ooh mm, uncomfortable don't like that right and which is which is fine too like and there's there's a way both worlds work where like you know one player who's just like they're not they're not there right for that yeah so when you say oh pop a camp what's your camp action they're just like i gather wood yeah end yeah and you next know, if they're good players they'll figure that out and they, they don't have to do anything else right um so just be be flexible yeah. with uh you know with your players or your your fellow players or your game master Right, you know, different, uh, wait, no, I didn't want to say that one. I want to say, you know, no reason to yuck anybody else's yum. Yep, we're not about that. No kink shaming. Um, try you can watch a little porn in <laughs> Try a couple prompts. If, uh, you know, if your folks respond positively, keep trying. Keep trying the same ones, try new ones, and enrich that side of your session you know each time a little bit more whatever and if they're not into it then you know back off a little bit because nothing's gonna you know cause your party to fall apart quicker than a bunch of (laughs) pressure to Mm -hmm. do something that isn't what your players find fun yeah 
And I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you can look at the board and just communicate, right? Like if, if you really want the needle to be more story and you know, there's a one person or maybe a couple people that are just like, nope, that's not for us. You know, express that, talk to them and be like, listen, I like, I like doing this, but I'm not having as much fun as I think I can. Uh, could we meet halfway? Yeah. You know, can we, can we do some like, compromise? Yeah. Cause like, I don't want to stop doing it, but like, I just, I feel like I could have a better experience. Yeah. And that, I guess we'll go back up to the top. Um, we kind of skipped the like, why is this? Because it's the same all the time. Uh, but we can briefly reiterate it here. The point is to just enrich your role-playing experience have and more have fun. more fun doing it because like, it's meant to be a fun hobby. So try these things if you think it'll make it more fun. And if they don't work, then stop yeah. trying them. Or and don't do don't the try fun it. thing. Don't try it and just throw us, uh, you know, ten bucks for our effort. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we did write this whole paper. Yeah, I mean it's a page long. It's it's a whole page. It's got like it took an hour least, to write. At least fifty words on it. I thought it would take an hour to read. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. So I think that'll about do it. Well, let's let's, let's do a recap. recap. Right. So the spectrum of story and gameplay. Mm -hmm. Right. On one side, you got the stories, right? Novels, TV shows, um, passive media mm -hmm. that you just watch you and enjoy. You consume. Mm -hmm. Then you have your interactive media, your gameplay, right? Your your video games with the silent protagonist, uh, you know, your arcade games that mm -hmm. have no story. It's just all mechanics and whatever, right? Somewhere in the middle lies your RPG game, right? Yep. Maybe it's more to the gameplay side. Maybe it's more to the story side. Whatever. Doesn't matter. It's somewhere on the spectrum. Yep. Uh, and then we talked about some tips for shifting that needle a little more towards the story and emotion side right. of the spectrum. If you're missing emotional connection with your role-playing experience, maybe try the fourth wall challenge. Yep. Right? Entire session without breaking the fourth wall. Bet you can Try the Darkest Dungeon Camp. Camp is a mechanical thing. Rest. Long rest. It's a mechanical thing. But have them narrate how Jazz that it up goes. A little bit. Yeah. Spice it up. Make it flavorful. Right. Hit it again with the spice weasel, as mm -hmm. one would say. Bam! <laughs> uh, then we talked about some other prompts for game mastering. You know, uh, Ask players for their reason behind the things that they do. Ask for just a moment of introspection mm -hmm. as their character. If it's slow going, give some examples. Do the same thing, but for the NPCs. Right. Talk through it. Talk through their feelings, their behavior, and then their dialogue or their decision making. Right. It's, it's a lot easier to be something you can see, right? Mm -hmm. You know, game master talks through, players start talking through. That's true. I think about that a lot. That's a weird thing. When like a when a scientific breakthrough happens, just like the fact that it happened mm -hmm. is sometimes all anyone else needed. Like everyone was trying for the atomic bomb as yeah. soon as uh, as soon as you know particle physics was reasonably well understood. 
people were doing it wrong. People didn't know how to do it. And then as soon as someone did it, other people started doing it mm-hmm. too. And suddenly there's a bunch of nuclear armed states. Yeah. That's or maybe a in scarier a better example. example is, you know, that's the reason representation matters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all those fuckheads are being like, oh, why change shit? Why make a little mermaid black? Because it fucking matters. <laughs> yeah. Representation matters. Anyways, um, so the results of these tips and tricks uh, may vary, right? Players may respond positively. They may respond negatively. Uh, be flexible about be it. Be flexible. Don't yuck yums. Um, don't and push the, something that's not working. At the end of the day, communicate. If it's not working, communicate and be like, let's just have a conversation outside table. You know, this is how I'm feeling. How are you feeling, etc. Boom. And it's good. So... That'll do it for this latest episode of Two-Headed Game Master. Head on over to 2HGM.com if you like what you hear. There's stuff there. First thing you'll see is a link to Afterlife, our first uh, you know, full-length product. Whee! Uh, game system and world, world, world. kick-ass uh, apocalyptic fantasy. Um, we've also got a number of other things available for download as well as links to our Twitter and Patreon. Okay. Join us on Patreon. It's fun. We do fun stuff. Like Halloween like episodes. Halloween. Live where chatters can participate and change the game. Mm-hmm. I was trying not to look at it during gameplay. Because it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, join us next time for another uh, episode of Two-Headed Game Master. Do we got anything to plug or recommend? Um, no, I mean stuff, but we've already done a bunch of stuff. So like, you know, why don't we real quick, check out Afterlife. Boom. Yeah. Check Again. out Afterlife. Uh, thank you uh, to the Burning Saviors for the use of their song Pond Hill is Finest. It's the intro and outro to our show. And we will see you next time. See you next time.